Welcome to Kelly Dry's Full Spectrum Podcast, bringing together thought leaders in the technology, media, and telecommunications industries to discuss legal issues that are expected to impact today's organizations and tomorrow's marketplace. Kelly Dry Full Spectrum is produced twice monthly, and show notes are available at www.kellydryfullspectrum.com. For more in-depth commentary, head to our blog, comlawmonitor.com. All links are in the show notes. This podcast is produced by the Kelly Dry Communications Practice Group. Hi, everyone. This is Jameson Dempsey. I'm an associate in Kelly Dry's communications practice. And today's topic is privacy. Specifically, we'll be talking about a recent privacy enforcement action at the FCC and some key takeaways from that action and how they might impact future enforcement at the commission. On November 5th, 2015, Cox Communications and the Enforcement Bureau of the FCC reached a consent decree terminating an investigation into whether Cox failed to adequately protect the confidentiality of its customers' proprietary information, or PI, its customer proprietary network information, or CPNI, and the customer's personally identifiable information, or PII. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of alphabet soup, but they come from three different provisions of the Communications Act, and in the consent decree, the FCC leverages all three of them. The FCC also terminates its investigation into whether Cox failed to meet its obligation to notify law enforcement authorities about a security breach of its customers' CPNI. Under the terms of the settlement, Cox must pay a civil penalty of $595,000 and implement a comprehensive compliance plan. Over the course of the next few minutes, we'll go in-depth into the Cox case. What happened? How did Cox respond? How did the FCC respond? And what does it mean for broader privacy enforcement at the FCC? So let's start with the breach itself. Uh, What happened here? Well, the FCC's investigation and the resulting consent decree stem from a breach of Cox's electronic data systems. In August 2014, a hacker had gained unauthorized access to Cox's systems by impersonating a member of Cox's IT department and convincing a Cox employee and a contractor of Cox to enter their account IDs and passwords into a fake website that the hacker controlled. The hacker then used those credentials to access a data system that lacked technical safeguards to prevent such access, thereby exposing the personal data of Cox's current and former customers. Now, that data included things like personal information uh, of the customers, their names, their home address, their email addresses, their phone numbers, as well as things like partial social security numbers, partial driver's license numbers, and telephone subscribers' account information. The hacker viewed the personal information of 61 current and former subscribers, as well as the customer proprietary network information of as many as four others. The hacker later posted this information online and changed the passwords of 28 subscribers. Now, in response to the breach, the Enforcement Bureau of the FCC also took action. They issued a letter of inquiry, or LOI, to Cox to investigate whether Cox had 
one, failed to adequately protect the confidentiality of the proprietary information of those customers, the personal information, in violations of Section 631C of the Cable Act and Section 222A of the Communications Act. They also looked into whether Cox had failed to take reasonable measures to discover and protect against attempts to gain unauthorized access to the CPNI, the Customer Proprietary Network Information, in violation of Section 222C of the Act. Third, the FCC investigated whether Cox had failed to provide timely notification to law enforcement. As I mentioned before, there's this specific portal that carriers need to use to notify the authorities. Uh, Cox had notified the FBI directly. So the commission looked in to see whether Cox had violated this specific section of the FCC's rules, uh, specifically Section 64.2010. The FCC also investigated uh, whether Cox had engaged in unjust and unreasonable practices in violation of Section 201B of the Act for failing to use reasonable data security practices and failing to notify all potentially affected customers. So at some point after the commission launched its investigation, Cox and the FCC reached a resolution. They reached a consent decree uh, under which Cox has agreed now to pay uh, $595,000 in civil penalties to the commission. Uh, In addition, Cox agreed to adopt a wide-ranging compliance plan. Now, these sorts of compliance plans for years and years uh, have been a staple of privacy actions at the Federal Trade Commission, uh, but these sorts of robust compliance plans are really only finding a home at the FCC and in their privacy actions recently. So what went into uh, this compliance plan? Well, uh, Cox now must conduct a comprehensive and thorough risk assessment based upon the NIST cybersecurity framework. It must also review and revise its written information security program. It needs to require all off-net access by third parties to its system to be authenticated through an approved site-to-site virtual private network and also to migrate third parties to a two-factor authentication solution. In addition, uh, Cox is required to develop an incident response plan with processes to identify, to investigate, to mitigate, to remediate, and to review information security incidences. So as you can see, this is an extremely robust compliance plan. And some of the terms are going to last for as long as seven years. So what does this all mean? What does the Cox Communications uh, case mean in the context of the FCC's privacy jurisdiction, of their privacy enforcement efforts over time, and where things are likely to go in the future? First, the consent decree leverages a wide array of overlapping statutory and rule provisions against Cox, including, for the first time in recent memory, the Cable Act's privacy protections. This shows that the Commission is willing to use all of the tools in its Privacy Enforcement Toolkit as it continues to expand the scope of its privacy and data security enforcement efforts. Now, what are these enforcement efforts? So, in October 28, 2014, this is seen as a watershed moment in privacy enforcement at the FCC. 
the FCC issued a $10 million proposed fine against two lifeline providers, Yortel and Terracom, alleging that those providers had violated Section 201B and Section 222A of the Communications Act. Section 201B, as we discussed, prohibits unjust and unreasonable practices. Section 222A simply states that carriers have an obligation to protect the confidentiality of proprietary information about their customers. Now, traditionally, this provision had been seen as something of a preamble. It was a preface to the meatier provisions of Section 222C related to customer proprietary network information. Now, Section 222C is the one that the FCC used uh, to promulgate its very detailed, nearly Byzantine rules about privacy as related to traditional telecommunications carriers. Now, Section 222A is a broad provision, and the FCC used it in the Yortel and Terracom case to say that providers, that all telecommunications providers, have a general obligation to protect the confidentiality of proprietary information, that includes all personal information, that they collect about their customers. Now, to many in the communications bar, this was seen as a broad uh, expansion of the FCC's interpretation of its own privacy authority. Uh, And in fact, a number of entities have challenged the FCC's interpretation of Section 222A. Now, the Yortel Terracom case was later settled in July of 2015, but it hasn't the only privacy action that the FCC has undertaken over the course of the last year and a half since the Yortel Terracom case. There was also a $25 million settlement that the FCC reached with AT&T, once again for violation of Section 201B, but also for violation of Section 222C. And perhaps most notably was in March of last year, just preceding the AT&T settlement, when the FCC issued its open internet order. In the open internet order, the FCC reclassified broadband internet access service as a Title II telecommunications service and applied sections 201B and section 222 against bias providers, these broadband internet access service providers. Now, in the order, the FCC said that it wasn't sure that the existing CPNI rules uh, were the right rules for the broadband regime. And so they said that in a future proceeding, uh, they were going to investigate what the appropriate rules should be uh, for bias providers, the appropriate privacy and data security rules for broadband providers. But then in May of 2015, the Enforcement Bureau released an enforcement advisory in which they said that bias providers must make reasonable good faith efforts to protect the privacy of their consumers' proprietary information, notwithstanding the fact that there weren't specific privacy rules that had been promulgated since the open internet order. So that's where things stand right now. And I think that brings me to this second key takeaway uh, from the Cox Consent Decree. The second key takeaway is that the terms of the Consent Decree represent a continuing trend toward longer-term and more onerous compliance plans, more onerous fines against companies. While these compliance plans are still markedly shorter than the 20-year compliance plans that the Federal Trade Commission uses, uh, carriers and other providers should expect to see 
an upward trend in compliance plan terms as the FCC continues to develop its own common law of privacy in parallel with the FTC. As a result, carriers should review the terms of these consent decrees and other privacy enforcement actions like those that I just mentioned and review them carefully. And carriers should take steps to comply with the spirit of the provisions of these consent decrees in order to mitigate risk in the event of a breach. And that brings me to the third takeaway from the Cox consent decree. The third takeaway is that the Enforcement Bureau cited the company for a technical rule violation, failing to report into the CPNI breach portal, even though Cox had reported the breach directly to the FBI, one of the two parties that receive reports through the portal. As a result, carriers should remain mindful that, even though the Commission's new approach to privacy and data security focuses on broad and sometimes amorphous statutory provisions, the Commission will not hesitate to enforce rule-based footfalls where they occur. So now that we have an understanding of the Cox case and also the FCC's recent posture on privacy and data security matters, it's time to take a look forward. The FCC is expected to release, at some point in the near future, a notice of proposed rulemaking in which they will propose privacy and data security rules for the broadband ecosystem for bias providers. And so if you are a broadband provider, uh, whether that's a mobile provider or a fixed broadband provider, or you are a public interest group or someone else who's interested in this proceeding, keep an eye out on the FCC's website as well as our blog, Comlaw Monitor, for the latest news about how the FCC's privacy enforcement regime will continue to evolve. Thanks very much. Have a great day. The views and ideas expressed on this program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or ideas held by Kelly Dry and Warren LLP, its staff or management.